denizens of the night. Welcome to another episode of the macabre, the terrifying. Broadcasting live from the top of a derelict lighthouse as a storm rolls in, I will be your guide through the witching hours. Tonight, we'll get a bit mixed up in some family drama. Oh, don't look so glum. There'll be ghosts and monsters, of course. <laughs> One fateful day, a letter arrives in the post for our protagonist, summoning him back home to his house beside the lighthouse where he grew up. But not all is well on the home front, as something has happened to his father, and he's received an omen of quite ill portent. Oh, a storm is brewing, dear listeners. Let us follow it and see where it takes us. This story is called I Inherited a Lighthouse in the Woods and was written by J.G. Martin. My brother killed my mother. He did it in the shadow of the lighthouse. He did it in the dark, where you couldn't see the ivy twisting up the lighthouse bricks, where you couldn't see anything but the night and those things that wished to be seen within it. He split her open at the ribs. He shoveled her insides into his mouth, starting with her lungs before finishing with her heart. I know this because I watched him do it. Wesley smiled at me while he ate, the sweeping beam of the lighthouse casting his features in an ethereal glow. I'm doing this for you, little brother, he rasped between mouthfuls. I'm doing this for all of us. Someday you'll understand. That was an eternity ago. Thirty years, give or take, and I still don't understand. I doubt I ever will. I was only three years old at the time. What I was doing there with Wesley, how I even got there, I can't recall. It's a labyrinth of memories, a maze I've never stepped inside for fear of losing myself within it. All I know for certain is that Harriet found us, my sister, she wandered down from the cottage, calling our names for supper. I remember her lantern bobbing in the black, her light spilling across us, her look of nausea as she saw Wesley's blood-stained teeth and our mother's twitching limbs. The scream she loosed sent ravens flying from afar. Father came running. He appeared with a hatchet, and I think he would have taken Wesley's head if the bastard hadn't run. He tore off into the dark. He ran right into the phantom wood, that clutch of pines and oaks we were forbidden to enter, and that was the last time any of us ever saw him. He's dead, Father told us. The wood devoured him, the same as he devoured her. If you ask my sister... She'll say it wasn't my fault. Harriet insists that there's nothing I could have done, that I was only three years old, and Wesley was seventeen, and if I'd so much as made a peep, he'd have killed me too. But Father insists differently. Or at least, he did. He's dead now. Harriet found him, strung up from a tree, hanging limply in the autumn sunset, his corpse dressed in hungry crows. Two sticks jutted from his eyes. Sigils had been carved roughly into his cheeks. Pieces of him that belonged inside were spilled out onto the yellow grass, while his intestines wound a twisting trail toward the phantom wood. I won't follow them, Harriet wrote in her letter. The intestines, I mean. I know that's what it wants me to do, whatever killed him. I saw him speaking with the decrepit one recently, down by the creek. But you don't think that she could be involved, do you? 
The implication sent a shiver across my spine. The decrepit one was a creature my family knew well, an ancient being that held vast, terrifying power. She had long sought control of our land, our lighthouse, and I hated to think of what she might do if she got that. But this didn't sound like her. The decrepit one cared little for theatrics. She took lives with ruthless efficiency, not ritual torment. This was different. Whatever had killed father had done so with rehearsed cruelty, taking care to leave a spectacle behind. It wasn't murder. It was desecration. Father's corpse represented a message. But what that message was, I couldn't say. Harriet had her own thoughts. It's an omen, Jasper. Even I know that. You can't run from this. You can't hide from it because we're tied to this land. Our blood belongs here. Tears pockmarked the page. Her writing became sloppy, haphazard, and hardly legible beneath the smudged ink. Father's words echoed in my mind, the last words he spoke to me. He told me that abandoning Gloomfall meant consequences far beyond our land, that the horrors our lighthouse kept at bay would begin to seep into the rest of the world, corrupting it, haunting it, eventually possessing it. You want the truth? The truth is that I'm afraid that whatever killed Dad is going to come back, and when it does, I'm not sure I can deal with it alone. I need you, Jasper. I've never asked you to come home, but I'm asking now, if only for a while. Think about it, would you? Signed, Harry. My eyes scanned the words. Once, twice, half a dozen times. Tears leaked down my cheeks and I wiped them away, crumpling the letter in my fist. Ten years. Ten long years I'd been gone, adjusting to normal life, forgetting my nightmares, moving past my guilt, and finding a slice of happiness. And now this. Harriet was calling me back. She's gotta be kidding me, I seethed, pacing my bedroom. My mind raced for a reason to throw it in the trash, to forget I even read it. I hated Gloomfall, the lighthouse, the wood, but what I hated most of all was that Harriet was right. Father's death was an omen. I knew that better than anyone. Omens belonged to me. Father called them a gift, but if he'd seen them, he'd know they were a curse. I'd seen things, always. As a boy, I saw our chickens stricken with disease long before the illness ever came. I saw storms before we ever felt the rain. I saw creatures, awful and twisted, picking apart travelers through the phantom wood, feasting on their bones and drinking deep of their blood. I saw all of it the same way I'd seen my brother eat my mother a week before her heart ever touched his lips tragedy. That's all the omens were. They told stories of grief and pain. And I thought if I left Gloomfall, then maybe I could save my family their torment, salvage what remained. I hoped that deep down, all of the terrible things we suffered were actually my fault. That if I just took my omens and left, then all of it would go away. Idiot. I said to the mirror, shaking my head. Nothing but wishful thinking, was it? I knew then that my life wasn't the sort of bad dream I got to wake up from. I never would. The lighthouse was calling to me, pulling at my mind, begging me to return to it. So, I did. Like a whirlwind, I swept my keys from the counter and flew down the apartment steps. I couldn't stop and think. If I did, I might do the smart thing and reconsider. I might turn back. I flung open my car door, got inside and twisted the key in the engine. It rumbled to life, 
My foot hit the gas pedal. I backed out of the driveway. Then I backed out of the city. My job. My happiness. I backed out of the only peace I'd ever known and hit the open road, driving toward hell on earth. I drove a thousand miles. Then I drove a thousand more. I drove on until the road turned to gravel, to dirt, until it ended in the heart of a forgotten forest. Only then did I hit the brakes. A knot of trees rose before me, their limbs twisting and interweaving as if to create an archway. From the branches hung red-orange leaves, swaying weakly with the cold breath of autumn. I gazed into that tangle of wood, that ocean of darkness so pure that even my headlights couldn't pierce its surface. My fingers trembled as I opened the car door, my knees nearly buckling as I took my first steps onto that ancient land. My breath fogged in front of me. Even here, on the outskirts, I felt fear seeping into me. It infested me like insects scurrying across my mind. Such was the magic of the phantom wood. I pulled my jacket tighter about myself, stalking around my car to the dull crunch of leaves. My fingers found the cold metal of the trunk. I opened it. Inside was a lantern along with a bag of letters. I had written them hastily. They described things I was looking forward to, things I cherished. My father taught me a long time ago that safe passage through the phantom wood didn't come freely. You had to prove you deserved it. You needed to light your way with your will to live. I lit a letter aflame, stuffing it inside the lantern housing. It crackled. The paper curled as black smoke swam upward, providing me a dim glow. It wasn't much. It was hardly enough to see my own two feet, but it'd have to do. My only hope was I'd written enough letters to last me the trip. Gloomfall was hours away. If I had more time, I would have written a surplus, but I didn't. Truth was, I had no time at all. Like I said, omens belong to me. I own them. The night before Harriet's letter arrived, I'd been visited by a new omen, a fresh one in the form of a dream. In it, I saw a being, a vast creature with eyes of burning embers and long, crooked limbs. It sat perched above a body, a woman's, her hair was the color of chestnuts, and her eyes were an ocean blue, but she had a head that was lying six feet from her corpse. A head that belonged to my sister. The wood was a blanket of darkness. Tall trees reached to the sky, their branches stealing the narrow shafts of moonlight. I navigated with my lantern alone. In it, I burned letters. I hoped I'd brought enough, but even now, a half hour into the journey, I felt my bag emptying faster than expected. Not good. My heart thrummed as I moved through the brush. There was a single path to Gloomfall, a narrow trail that was rarely traveled except by my family and those like us. It'd lead me to the lighthouse, to my sister, but only if I could find it. Lost, said a voice. I wheeled about, raising the lantern and squinting into the murky shadows. Who's there? Laughter met my ears. Playful, a shape appeared, something bipedal and canine. A dog man. I drew back, pushing my lantern forward as if to prove a point. This grants me safe passage. You can't harm me more laughter. The dog man dropped onto all fours. It was the size of a small bear, and as it neared I saw its long teeth gleaming in the lantern glow. You've safe passage so long as you carry that. <laughs> It'll run out before long. 
It lifted a human-like hand to its teeth, picking at them with a black claw. I can wait. Oh, hell. I didn't have any silver on me, which meant even if I could fight this thing, I couldn't kill it. I'd left before considering what I was walking into. Foolish. Stupid. Now I was paying the price. I squeezed the bag around my shoulder, crunching the letters beneath the fabric. There were fewer than I thought. You're going to be waiting a while, I lied, trudging on. The dog man didn't answer. Its padded feet moved through the brush behind me, softly passing over dead leaves as it sniffed at the air, sniffed at me. My palms clammed up, and I readjusted my grip on the lantern. How far did I have to go? Too far. I still hadn't found the path. You're right to be afraid, said the dog man. That's so. I glanced over my shoulder, but I couldn't see it in the dim light. It was moving just beyond my vision, out there, somewhere in the dark. Your old man was just the beginning, it said. Things are shifting here. Wheels are turning. You're a nameless haunt, I told it. What would you know? It snapped its jaws. I stumbled backward in surprise and nearly dropped my lantern. More laughter. And you're a coward, it sneered. Nameless haunt or not, I'll have your heart in my teeth by the end of the hour. Bet on it. I took a deep breath, fishing in my bag for a fresh letter to light. Probably sooner than that, I thought anxiously. Where the hell is this path? Wait. A sound up ahead, just beyond the brush. Running water. I fumbled forward, doing my best to keep from tripping on any errant roots. I parted a clutch of branches, and ahead I saw a winding creek, the same one I'd walk along ten years previous. If I followed that, then it'd take me back to my family's land and the safeguarding lighthouse that sat upon it. I smiled. My chances of survival just went from zero to slim and I considered that a welcome improvement. She's next, you know, the dog man said, rising up on its hind legs. It had to be seven feet. It kept pace with me, its jaws salivating while its cold eyes buzzed with hungry anticipation. Without your old man, the girl's as good as dead. I grit my teeth, telling myself to ignore its taunts. It wanted a rise out of me. The more emotional I got, the sloppier I became, and the more likely I'd be to drop the lantern. You're well informed for a haunt, I said, doing my best to salvage something from my situation. Something as well connected as you probably knows what killed my old man. More laughter, howling, the dogman kicked up stones along the creek shore as it bounded around me, and I did my best to shield the lantern from any errant debris. If it knocked it out of my hand, even accidentally, the dogman would die. That was the law of the land. But I'd still be left without a lantern, and that meant other phantoms would have their fill of me before long. Something funny? I asked. I've just forgotten how long you've been gone. Eight years? Ten? <laughs> you never met him, did you? I frowned. Who? The dogman stepped in front of me, its eyes dangerous. The stick man, it whispered. He's on his way to Gloomfall now. He'll be killing your sister while we speak doing all sorts of things to her. I searched his eyes, but I saw no hint of laughter behind them, no hint of a lie. He was telling the truth. Damn it! I bolted, 
My feet pounded over the stones of the dark shore. I rushed down the edge of the creek, wondering how long until I'd make it back onto our land, back to my sister. Too long, I thought hopelessly. She's as good as dead. Images played in my mind. Images of a shadow with cinder-light eyes crouched over Harriet, its long limbs playing over her corpse. I'd seen it in my dream. An omen. Faster! I've got to pick up the pace! I doubled my efforts, my lungs scorching like a furnace. The dog man ran casually at my side, his powerful legs kicking back stones as his teeth snapped near my ear. About time for another letter, don't you think? That one's almost out. What? I glanced down. The letter was still fresh. My world spun. I tumbled, slipping on a wet stone. Stupid! I rolled in a shower of pebbles and came to a groaning stop, hating myself for being so gullible. I blinked, unable to see anything. The light? What happened to my light? My hands shot out. I searched desperately for my lantern, but the dark was suffocating. I couldn't see my fingers in front of my face. <laughs> Looking for this, said the dog man. I turned toward its voice. Please! Here you go! Something whistled through the air. I reached for it, fumbled it, and it crashed to the ground next to me. No! I gasped. I spread my hands across the stone shore, feeling for the lantern, and broken glass met my fingertips. Uh-oh, said the dogman, but its voice had lost its teasing playfulness. It sounded hungry, vicious. Looks like you've lost your safe passage. I grabbed the lantern. Broken or not, I could still use it so long as I protected the flame from the wind. I dug into my bag frantically, fishing out a letter, but before I could light it, a rough paw gripped my throat. I wheezed. It lifted me into the air, coughing and sputtering. My legs kicked out. They spasmed under me as I tried to beg for my life. Told you I'd have you between my teeth. The dogman snarled. It snapped its jaws near my ear. Question is, which end do I start with? Maybe the feet. Sometimes I like to listen to the screams for a bit. My mind reeled. I punched, clawed at the creature. But it was too big, too powerful. P please, I gagged. Let... Don't beg, the monster said. Desperation tastes pathetic. I fell. I fell to the stones, gasping for air. The dogman had dropped me. Why? A yelp sounded in the dark. My heart pounded. Letters. I needed to burn another letter. I reached for my bag. Another yelp. Was the dogman in pain? being attacked? I couldn't worry about that. Right now, all that mattered was securing safe passage. I brought my lighter to the edge of a letter, and the paper curled, hissing and crackling with the sound of salvation. Good, I breathed a sigh of relief, placing it into the lantern housing and pinching it beneath a stone. That should buy me a few minutes. A new sound from my right. Slick, wet. It was like flesh being torn into, carved up, and it was followed by a low canine whimper. I swallowed. The dogman wasn't a particularly powerful entity. It was considered a nameless haunt, a wandering phantom of the wood that did the bidding of other, more terrifying creatures. But as nameless haunts went, Dogmen were fierce beasts, and anything that could threaten a creature like that 
was wisely feared. Hello? I said uneasily to the dark. My lantern flickered, revealing a scene upon the rocky shore. Blood. It trickled over the stones, flowing past my boots and down into the babbling creek. I inched closer. A body lay on the ground. The dogman's. It wheezed, having weak breaths as something carved into its neck, working its way back and forth across the thick muscle with practiced efficiency. You're rusty, said a voice, cold and haunting. It belonged to a man. He stopped carving the creature's head, lifting the blade onto his broad shoulders where it gleamed serrated silver. I raised my lantern. My feet stumbled backward, my mouth moving wordlessly. The man was tall, far taller than I remembered. His hair fell around his neck in a black mane, and his lips spread into a midnight smile. At long last, he said, the prodigal son returns, and with him brings the end of all things. You... I breathed. It was all I could think to say. No words could express the hurricane of emotions, of rage, pain, and hatred I felt in that moment. I hadn't looked into those eyes since I'd watched them kill my mother thirty years ago. What's the matter? asked the man. Don't you want to give your big brother a hug? You! I spat, body vibrating with rage. I lunged at Wesley, lunged at the bastard that took my mother from me, took our mother from us. He sidestepped me, slapping my back with the flat of the machete. Easy does it, little brother, he said, sneering. You haven't got time to be wasting on me, do you? He nodded toward my lantern and the flickering flame inside. I swallowed. The letter was almost out. I reached into my bag to grab another, but felt only a handful left. When? How? When you fell, Wesley said, as if reading my mind. Your letters spilled out everywhere, most washed downstream. My heart sank. But then, almost as soon as it came, my disappointment was replaced with fury. Then I'm dead anyway. I might as well take you with me. He lifted the machete, the silver of the blade glinting at my throat. I wouldn't, he said flatly. I don't want to hurt you, Jasper, and I mean that. I grit my teeth. You killed her! You killed her and you ate her heart! You twisted monster! I told you then and I'll tell you now. It was necessary. For you and for Harriet. For all of Gloomfall. He lowered his machete. I'm not buying it, I spat. What reason could possibly justify that? You tore our family apart. You killed Mom. It's not that simple. There are things you don't understand about... Crows launched themselves from nearby trees, their cause echoing into the black ether. Something rumbled in the distance. Something heavy. Powerful. Wesley's face fell into a frown. Why'd you have to say that word? You need to leave, Jasper. Now! Run! And keep running along the coast! And don't stop! How? I don't have enough letters! I said, gazing toward the now rising sound of approaching thunder. Whatever was out there was closing in. Forget the letters, snapped Wesley. He jabbed his machete toward the water, toward the lighthouse, toward home. Follow the river. I'll buy you what time I can. Questions passed my mind. Questions like how and why. But instead... I nodded lamely. I might have hated Wesley. I might have wanted to kill him slowly someday myself. 
But the fact remained that my sister was in danger. She was the entire reason I'd come here. Harriet. Don't think this is finished, I growled, backing away. I swear I'll be back for you, Wesley. I'll do what father should have done thirty years ago. Wesley sighed, paying me a final, mournful look. I know. He darted off. He dashed across the pebble beach, moving at almost inhuman speed toward the approaching rumbling. I made for the creek. I moved with more confidence now. I don't know if it was the fact I was overflowing with adrenaline, or if it was the fact that I had so few letters that I couldn't afford to make another misstep. I don't know. All I know is I clambered across the rocky shoreline like I was born for it. One step. Two. I lunged, scattering pebbles as my feet tore ahead. It was hard work. I had to keep my broken lantern covered with my hand, and the heat from the letters was burning my palm. But I knew the alternative was much worse. Getting caught out here without safe passage meant the haunts would have their way with me, and I'd seen plenty of what they liked to do to their prey. I kept moving, breath coming in exhausted heaves. Somewhere behind me, I heard the rumbling stop. I listened as the coming thunderclap evaporated, then ignited into an eruption. A roar met my ears, something deafening, enough to rattle the bones beneath my skin, and I wondered in silent awe if Wesley was really confronting that thing. Why, though? A question for later. Ahead of me rose a new challenge, an almost sheer ridge. I set my jaw. My options were to try and walk around it and lose time, burning through my few remaining letters, or attempt to climb it. Doing that with the lantern in hand would be a difficult task, maybe an impossible one. Another roar. The creek rippled, the water shuddering from the force of whatever strange beast approached in the distance. Damn it. I didn't have the luxury of considering my options. I had to make a choice. The wall. It was the fastest way, assuming I could manage it. I lit a fresh letter, then put the handle of my lantern in my teeth and got to climbing. It wasn't a particularly tall ridge, but it was steep. I'd need both hands for this. I gripped the rocky outcroppings, struggling to find purchase in the darkness. Slowly, I inched my way up. At halfway up the face, my teeth began to ache with the weight of the lantern. It banged against the front of the rock wall. The letter inside flickering desperately as it tried to hold its flame. My heart fluttered. Come on, just a little further. I made it. I was up. I set the lantern down on the ledge, then pulled myself over. I took a brief moment to catch my breath, then lifted my light and carried on. This new area was familiar. Even in the dim glow, I recognized aspects of my surroundings, like an old elm tree or that overgrown fence running along the shoreline. I'd been here before, many times in the past. Where was it, though? The beast roared again. This time, the force was cataclysmic. Trees lurched. They bent forward, keeling beneath the might of the resultant shockwave. A blast of wind tore past me. Twigs and stones whipped about in the hurricane current, cutting into my arms, my face. I shut my eyes, grimacing in the face of the gale. Then it dissipated. The wind faded, and once I heard the pebbles begin to scatter back to the ground, I opened my eyes. Darkness. I'd lost my light. No, I hissed. The force of the monster's roar had blown the letter away. I reached into my bag for another, desperately bringing my lighter to it, 
but something lunged at me from the direction of the overgrown fence. I fell, wrestling as it clawed at me, its skin peeling with every swipe. It smelled of rot, decay. Hungry, it groaned. So hungry. I grunted, trying to kick it off me, but like all haunts, its strength far outstripped its size. Jagged teeth tore into my shoulder. I cried out. The creature began chewing, ripping, and on instinct I grabbed the first thing I could, a stone from the shore, and bashed the monster across the head with it. It rolled off of me. I gasped, feeling warm blood leaking through my shirt. Not good. I reached into my bag for another letter to burn, but my bag wasn't there. It had slipped off my shoulder when I fell. I dropped to my knees, feeling around the stones hastily. Where was it? I couldn't see a damn thing. More movement. It came from the trees, slow, shambling. From it came voices, a legion of them, rasping, hungry. Judging from the necrotic ache in my shoulder, I could guess these things were probably cold risen, a sort of resurrected dead. In this number, that meant I had to be close to the graveyard, and that meant I had to be close to home. I bolted. I abandoned the lantern, abandoned the bag of letters, and navigated using the sound of the creek alone. Trees shifted in the phantom wood beside me. Branches snapped. More haunts would be recognizing a traveler without safe passage. They'd be closing in, and they'd be doing it much faster than the cold risen could. Damn! Screeching. Howling, groaning, cackling. All of it met my ears, a cornucopia of nightmares converging on me in the dark. Footsteps, paws, an army of haunts pounded behind me, closing in. Faster! My lungs burned. My heart felt like it had exploded from the effort, but I knew I couldn't let up even a second. I was probably already dead as it was. At least I'll make you work for it, I grunted. I rounded a bend, and then I saw it. Up ahead, in the distance, a sweeping, ethereal glow. Gloomfall Lighthouse. Harriet! I shouted, tearing up the bank. Harriet! Give me a hand, would you? I didn't even know if she was still alive. The cottage lights were dark. The land seemed silent, almost forgotten. I kept running, even as I heard the hiss and whispering of a dozen creatures gaining on me. Almost there. Something sharp caught my shoulder. A claw. I fell, rolling violently into the creek with a frigid splash. The next moment, I got a whiff of rancid breath rough skin. A hundred hands seemed to reach at me, desperate for their pound of flesh. Harriet! Light. It exploded across me. The desperate hands pulled back, retreating to an anguished chorus of screams and whimpers. I lifted an arm, shielding my eyes as I stumbled to my feet. Jasper? It was Harriet's voice distant. It sounded like she was shouting from atop the lighthouse, and I figured she probably was. The only thing capable of getting those haunts off of me was the full glare of Gloomfall's glow. Is that you down there? She called. I gave a thumbs up in her direction, smiling. Sure is. Good to hear your voice again, Harry. She was quiet. Harriet seemed cold in that moment, almost disappointed to see me. She'd begged me to return, though, so why? There's somebody you should meet, she said. Who? 
a half beat of silence, then another voice. This one soft, hazy, almost inaudible against the electric hum of the lighthouse's artificial sun. Me? It said. They call me the Stigman, and I think you and I need to talk. The Stigman? That was the entity the Dogman had mentioned. The being it said had likely killed my father and was going to kill Harriet. You! I shouted, splashing toward the lighthouse wildly. What are you doing here? I'm here for the same reason you are, it said. I'm here to kill your sister. I sloshed through the shallow river and up onto the shoreline, drenched and bruised. I felt emotionally exhausted, physically ruined. I felt like I'd reached the end of my rope, but I knew I wasn't finished yet. I was just getting started. Harriet! I shouted. Hold on! I'm coming! I stumbled forward, feet slapping the dirt in haphazard directions like a marionette dragged on strings. My mouth was parched. I needed to drink something, to eat something. I felt weak. My eyes strained in the glow of the lighthouse, the rotating beacon bathing me in an ethereal blue. Harriet! I shouted again, this time wheezing. A little closer, I stepped onto the grass, yellowed with the kiss of autumn. The winding brickwork of gloomfall stood before me, rising into the black of the night sky, ivy draped across it. This place, it was just like it was in my memories, haunting, otherworldly. A rumble met my ears, a gentle thump-thump of footsteps racing down old wood stairs, and a moment later, the door of the lighthouse swung open. Candlelight spilled onto the courtyard. There, framed in the doorway, stood Harriet. She was fine, alive, healthy. Thank God, I muttered, suddenly feeling the full weight of my exhaustion. My chest still burned from my sprint. It came in heaves. I fell to the grass, my hands clutching at clumps of the dried mess. Why was my head spinning? Fainting. I was fainting. Harriet ran over to me, and I think she called my name. She looked like a picture-perfect memory, like everything else here, untouched by the grip of time. She wore blue jeans, a grubby red t-shirt, and her dark hair had been pulled back into a tight ponytail. Jasper? She dropped to her knees in front of me, frantically checking my face for any wounds, looking over my body for any traces of heavy bleeding. I thought you were dead. Makes two of us, I said, my own voice distant. The world flickered. It dimmed. I was losing my grip on staying awake, staying conscious. I needed a break. Just a short rest would do. I made it, Harriet. I came back. I know, she said, and in the back of her voice was something else. A tone, something uncomfortable and disarming. Regret? Guilt? I'm sorry, Jasper. I'm so sorry. Sorry, I repeated, head spinning. A reply? I, I don't know what she said in response. Couldn't quite make it out, because the grass, harsh as it was, felt so nice against my cheek. The cold ground, a place to rest, a place to sleep. A smile crept across my face as my body entered its own involuntary shutdown sequence, and just before the light went out in my head, a thought struck me. If the stick man was here, then why hadn't he killed Harriet? Then, as if in answer, a tall shadow stretched over us, looming over Harriet's kneeling body like a crooked creature with two long limbs and an ill-fitting top hat. It had no face, no features. 
It tilted its head toward me, and a voice rang out in my mind. The last voice I heard before my world faded to black. Finally, we can begin. You're up. Harriet stood over me, a warm rag in her hand. She pressed it to my forehead. What happened? I muttered, blinking. It looked like we were inside the family cottage, a stout wooden cabin that sat atop a hill beside the lighthouse. The stick man is here, Harriet finished for me. Always. Here. I shook my head, mine still trying to catch up to the situation. I glanced around. I couldn't see anything beside the softly crackling stove in the corner of the room. My old childhood bedroom. Where? Outside, she said, lips pulled into a tight frown. Standing watch. For what? For her. Harriet spoke the words with an edge, a sort of bitterness I didn't remember her having. She looked stressed. Her blue eyes, normally bright, were dull and gray. The decrepit one? I asked, wondering if she was referring to the hag that roamed the phantom wood. We'd long known she had ambitions for Gloomfall. She wanted to take the lighthouse for herself, though for what end, none of us knew. Harriet placed her hands on her hips. Questions? Really? You got about a dozen different toxins poisoning your bloodstream right now, Jasper. It's a wonder you're still alive. You need rest, not stress. I'm pretty sure I watched every last haunt in the Phantom Wood chase you onto the property. More than a few got a swing at you, too. I winced. That explained the throbbing pain in my side, as well as the awful nightmares I'd had. My letters of safe passage got blown away, I said sheepishly. You don't say. She dabbed at a wound in my shoulder. Harriet had always been a prodigy when it came to medicine, to alchemy, to potions in general. I'd seen her nurse dad back from the brink of death more times than I could count. Harry, I said softly. About dad. The corner of her mouth twitched. She dabbed the ointment more forcefully into my shoulder, and I clenched my jaw against the alcohol sting. Let's not talk about dad, okay? Not right now. I nodded. Yeah, sure, of course. Whatever you need. I'd never been close with our father, mostly owing to the fact that he blamed me for our mother's death. He always said I should have shouted, screamed. He said I should have done anything to stop Jasper from killing Mom, from eating her. The stick man, I said quickly, trying to push the memory from my mind. He said he came here to kill you. That I did too. What did he... I, I don't know. I don't know a damn thing about anything anymore, Jasper. And it's making me scared and frustrated and angry and... And... Her voice trailed off. It became a series of choking sobs, and Harriet turned her back to me, balling up her fists. She was never one for these kinds of displays. She'd always been the stronger of the two of us, the more resilient. It's why she stayed behind in Gloomfall while I fled. She could handle things I couldn't, but whatever this was was a bridge too far. He showed up the night I sent that letter to you, Harriet said, one hand against the opposite wall, tears silently falling to the floorboards. He appeared at the end of my bed, and I thought I was having another nightmare, a bout of sleep paralysis. But then he reached out and touched me. He ran a hand through my hair, told me he'd been sent to kill me, but that he hoped he wouldn't need to. What? She turned, wiping her arm across her sniffling nose. Yeah, that was my response, too. He told me that something was coming to Gloomfall, and that it intended to break the magic of the lighthouse, 
crumble it to bricks. Something vile. My heart skipped a beat. Wesley, was the stick man talking about our brother? Harriet, I said quickly. On the way here, back in the wood, I saw... Wesley, Harriet said, before I could finish. I blinked at her, trying to catch up to the situation. How did you know that? She sighed, her fingers gripping the edge of the windowsill as more silent tears fell down her face. There's a lot you've missed in the years you've been gone. Too much. A strange anger flared within me. You knew about Wesley? I sat up, grimacing as pain lanced through my spine. What the hell is going on, Harriet? First Dad dies, then you're hanging out with this stick man, and now... Now you're telling me you've been in contact with Wesley? He killed our mother, for God's sake! You don't think I know that? She snapped, meeting my eyes for the first time. You don't think I remember seeing him eat Mom's heart? Hearing him chew it between his blood-stained teeth? You might have seen the whole thing, but I got to see the climax to that little nightmare. Don't you dare forget that. Harriet was seething. We both were. Children, children, came another voice. This one sleek as silk. It drifted from the window, and a moment later, a tall shadow craned its head into the room, its featureless face gazing at us beneath a flickering top hat. Do I sense an air of hostility in the room? You, I growled. You shouldn't be allowed to step foot on this land. You're a haunt. The lighthouse should burn you to ash. Ah, said the stick man, slinking into the room, twisting and contorting its long body through the window as Harriet stumbled backwards, face painted in various shades of disgust. The prodigal son. How good to see you've returned to us. I've been meaning to speak with you. Answer the question, I snarled. The stick man's voice hummed with the notes of amusement. My immunity to the lighthouse's charms is little different than yours, I suspect. I am a haunt, yes. Not all haunts are made of darkness, however. I manifest as a shadow, yes, but I am something more beyond my physical form, as we all are. The lighthouse can see this, even if your eyes cannot. You'll excuse me if I don't buy it, I said. You told me I'd kill my sister. And indeed, you will. Or you will if I do not kill dear Harriet first. I reached toward the stick man, reached to throttle him, but my hands passed through him, and instead I fell onto the floor with a painful crash. Jasper, Harriet said, rushing to my side. Have you lost your mind? I said you needed to rest. I'm here because you told me to come, I shouted, my temper having completely divorced itself from my better sense. I nearly got myself killed in that forest because you asked me to come home. And now I'm here and you're treating me like a nuisance and listening to this thing. The ground shook. Harriet rose to her feet, leaving me there wincing on the floor. I'm not listening to anybody. Did you even hear what I said to you? The whole of Gloomfall has lost its damn mind and nothing makes sense anymore. The laws are breaking, Jasper. Things aren't working as they're meant to. I've had to deal with that for the last month while you've... The ground shook once more, this time violently. The cottage groaned. A rush of wind tore through the window, rattling the shutters and extinguishing the candles. Darkness took us. 
Goose flesh covered my skin. Harriet? I breathed. You okay? I'm fine, she said curtly, though there was an edge of terror in her voice. What is it? she asked, though not to me. It is her, said the stick man. Who? I hissed. You've crossed her path once already, he said. Out there in the bleak of the wood, she found you. Your brother came to your aid then, though I am certain he was unsuccessful in defeating her. Who is she? She is the storm that shatters, the scion of calamity that will untether the strings that bind this place. The beast in the dark. Look now, do you see it? I struggled to my feet, ignoring the pain rioting through my limbs. I felt blindly in the dark, finding the wall, then dragging myself up to lean against the window. The shutters slammed furiously. I squinted into the raging gale. Far away, sitting atop the rolling waves of the phantom wood, swirled a sea of clouds, pulsing with veins of red lightning. My jaw fell open. Harriet appeared at my side, and I could tell from her sharp gasp that this was new to her, too. It's growing, she said, frightened. It's larger than before. Yes, replied the stick man. And it'll continue to grow, continue to feed until it swallows us all. How do we stop it? I croaked. I'm uncertain if you can, muttered the stick man. It would require the destruction of the creature that breathes life into that thunder. Your brother tried, and he failed. Wesley tried? I asked. Harriet's fist slammed against the wall. Enough with the cryptic garbage! Just tell us who's behind the storm and we'll deal with it. This is what our family does. We kill monsters. Ah, said the stick man. And therein lies life's cruel poetry. For this monster is already quite dead. As a matter of fact, you buried it yourselves. He lifted a long arm, pointing a hooked finger out toward a stone rising from the yellowed grass outside. It stood in the shadow of the lighthouse, lit up in flashes of far-off lightning. No, Harriet said, stumbling backward. I couldn't see her face in the dark, couldn't see her expression, but I could hear the pain in her words. You're lying. How could you lie about that? Something you both should know, said the stick man, lifting a leg through the open window, is that I never lie. He stepped over the sill with the other, the rolling shutters passing through him as though he weren't even there. He tipped his top hat. The beast in the dark is a creature you're well familiar with, for she was the one who gave birth to you. Mom? I muttered, gazing at the gravestone in terror. I'm afraid so, child, and you'll be sorry to hear she wants nothing more than for both of you to join her in the dirt. Why? roared Harriet, rushing to the window. Why would our mother want that? She was kind, caring. She loved us. The stick man considered Harriet, his scarecrow frame lit up in the sweep of the lighthouse's glow. Memories are fickle things, aren't they? And with that, he turned and sprinted into the dark of the phantom wood toward the rolling storm.
Well, well, well. I told you we'd be following the storm. I also told you there'd be family drama. But neither of us were suspecting the world-ending kind, were we? One thing I really enjoyed about this story was that the main character had to burn letters of things he looked forward to to keep himself safe from those things in the dark. Hey, take that as a lesson. Regular journaling and radical gratitude could save your life someday. <laughs> if you enjoyed this story, please check out the author in the link below. You'll find a place to pick up his collection of short stories called Crooked Antlers. You'll also find a link to his Reddit, where more parts of this story are likely to appear, if there are any. Whatever you do, make sure you have enough letters to keep yourself safe in the night. And don't fall asleep. Ha, 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 ha.